This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. How's everybody today? Good? Uh, you know, I'm excited. I get to, I get to teach again this weekend. Um, I believe we had so much fun last week. <laughs> you applying what you heard last week? Yeah, talking about your words and changing uh, your life by changing your words. Well, if not, good news. We're going to talk about it again today. And so you get a new week to start uh, doing it right. I believe God's got some great things for us. You know, at the beginning of January, we started this series uh, called New Things, talking about how God wanted to do new things in our lives. And um, God does want to do new things. I don't know what you are experiencing right now, but God wants your life to be better. I know you might think yours is, your life is okay and maybe it's better than it's ever been, but it's not as good as God wants it to get. God hasn't got you where he wants you yet because he's always leading us into bigger and better and brighter things. So today we're going to dive back into uh, what we've been talking about, uh, what we started last week actually. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse number 9, God says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. He says, before I spring forth, I tell you of them. And he says, sing to the Lord a new song. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice. Let them give glory to God and declare his praise in the coastlands. Then in Isaiah 43, verse number 18, we read, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. In fact, now it shall spring forth. He says, shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, this is a powerful thing because like we talked about last week, the only thing that separated the promise of the new thing and the fulfillment of the new thing was the way we talk, was the saying of the new thing. The only thing, the only difference, the only thing that happened between the promise of the new thing and the fulfillment of the new thing was them saying a new thing. Now in James, it talks about if you can control your tongue, you're a mature person. If you can control what you say, then you're actually stepping into maturity. So go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, we're going to grow up today. Say, how about that? Okay, say it again. All of our campuses say, we're going to grow up today. How about that? Yeah, how about that? We're going to grow up today. We're going to use, learn how to use our words to mature our lives, to walk into the new thing that God has planned for us. They're told to sing a new song, to declare something new. You know, I, I think a lot of times we're stuck in our old pattern of life because our mouth is stuck in the old pattern of life. Have you ever realized how when financial pressure comes, you say the same thing you always have said? Financial pressure comes and, and you start saying, man, we don't, have another, we don't have enough. Man, our bills are so much. I don't think I'm going to make it this month. I don't think uh, this job's going to cut it. I need to get a job. I need a, high, I need a better raise. Maybe I need a second job. Maybe we get a, a new loan. Our mouth always goes back to that same old stuck place. Or maybe you experience maybe a symptom in your body and your mouth goes back to that same old stuck place. Well, I must be getting the flu. 
My throat's pretty scratchy. I must be coming down with what's going around at the office. Oh, my back hurts. I must have, you know, threw out a disc. I must have, I knew I shouldn't have worked out this week. That was a sign. God don't want me to work out, right? Our mouth goes back to the old thing, the stuck thing. And we find ourselves in that stuck place because we never change what we're saying. And so we have to change what we're saying to get out of that stuck place. I mean, we all know people, right? You, you sit and talk to them and, and, and it always comes back to the same old topic of conversation. In fact, you dread going out to coffee with them because you're like, oh, I'm going to have to hear about that job one more time. I'm going to have to hear about all their aches, all their pains, what they're experiencing now. I'm going to have to hear about it all. It always goes back to that crazy husband they're married to. I'm going to have to hear it again. It's like the same old song because we're stuck in that same old place. And it's not until we start singing God's goodness and seeing God's favor and start declaring it that we'll start walking in it and start seeing it. So we're going to grow up today. We're going to learn how to use our words to grow our life, to keep us from being so stuck in that same place. You know, a lot of times I I can get up, maybe even last week you were here, and maybe you heard this word and you're like, I don't even see how changing my words can even, you know, how does that make, how does that change anything? Me changing the what I say, how does that even affect my life? I just don't see how it works that way. And a lot of times we don't see that there's change or we don't see that change can come by changing the direction of our mouth so we just don't say something new but you have to know that there's great power in your words that your words do say do change things your words are like powerful seeds your words my words they actually grow stuff our words are powerful seeds and they actually grow things in proverbs chapter 18 verse number 20 it says, from the fruit of their mouth, a, stomach, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Well, you don't reap a harvest if you're not sowing anything. So it's saying here that the harvest of your lips or what you're saying is producing a harvest in your life. So what you say is growing something. What you say is producing a harvest for you. So if you don't like what you're harvesting... You have to change what you're sowing. Now, if I don't like tomatoes, it'd be pretty foolish of me to plant a tomato plant in my backyard and then complain about it producing, right? It'd be silly of me to actually plant the fruit in my yard, plant that tomato plant in my yard, see the fruit growing on it, and then start complaining that it's there. But that's what we do in our life. We sow words that produce a sucky marriage, and then we complain about it. We sow words that are producing maybe sickness or, 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 or accelerating sickness or disease or dysfunction in our body, and then we complain about it. We sow seeds of, of um, dissension at work, and then we complain about it. If we don't like the harvest, we've got to change the seed that we sow. And this is the powerful thing about being here is we're growing, we're maturing. And so we are learning that we can actually take our words and if we don't like what we see around us, we can start grabbing the word of God, putting it in our heart, let it come out of our mouth and start seeing the word of God grow up in our life. And that's a powerful thing. In Proverbs eighteen twenty one, it says death and life are in the power of your tongue. 
Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Another version says, what you say can preserve your life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Another one says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So our words, every word that we speak either has the power to create or the power to destroy. Last week we learned that, that we speak, on average, men and women combined about 16,000 words in a day. Now, if we're awake 16 hours a day, that's when we're actually awake and, and communicating, that means we speak an average of 1,000 words in one hour. That means in one hour, I have the opportunity to either sow 1,000 seeds of life or 1,000 seeds of death. And the words that I speak are either, either growing something good and profitable or growing something, uh, going something not. But if we're honest, a lot of times what we do is we just say things without thinking. We just kind of throw our words out there. I mean, in the, in the, in the course of a day, you're probably at work or you're, maybe you're at, at Starbucks or you're, you're hanging out with friends at, at school and you get into conversations and people will say, well, what do you think about this? Well, you'll just pop off, throw something out there, not even know exactly what you're talking about, but you'll just spit words out. Not realizing that every word you spit out of your mouth is growing something for you. It's producing something for you. Now, if we really would stop and realize that every time I open my mouth and I let a word out, it's growing a seed and it's either going to be a death seed or a life seed. When I really realize that and believe that, I'm going to start sowing some seeds on purpose. I'm going to stop just talking off the top of my head. I'm going to stop just speaking what I think and what I feel. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start sowing words on purpose. Kind of reminds me. Uh, quite a while back, I decided I was going to grow. Uh, I, I was going to um, grow some flowers in my yard. I was going to take this one little part in front of our house, not in the backyard, in the front yard, and I was going to plant some flowers. I decided I love tulips, so I'm going to plant some tulips. Well, tulips, you don't just plant the plant and it grow. You have to plant the tulip bulb in the fall, and you don't see it again, flowering until the spring. That's like really delayed gratification. That is like almost my limit right there, right? I'm the kind, I want to plant it and see it the next day. And if I don't see it the next day, I'm digging it up going, why aren't you growing, right? So like some of you, I know. Okay, so I took this, these bulbs and I planted them strategically all through my, you know, this little patch of land in my, in my front yard. And I waited through the winter and the, the rain and the, you know, the January and the February. Finally, when it started to get warm in the spring, up popped my tulips. And they don't last a whole, whole long time. But they were beautiful. I worked hard for them. And they were beautiful. And I loved them for the time they were there. But I decided when I was at the, at, at the flower place the next time and I was walking through, I saw this bag of seed and it said wildflower seed. Big bag. It said, it will produce for me flowers within two weeks. I'm like, I, you don't even have to dig a hole and put the seed in. You just throw it on the ground. I'm like, how easy can that be, right? This is going to be awesome. I'm going to have these really pretty, cute little flowers that they showed me on the bag. I'm going to have them in my front yard, and it's going to be awesome. And I don't even have to work hard to get them. So I went out there, and I'm like, I am sowing me some seed, and I'm throwing it out there on the ground. Two weeks later, I had a harvest. Nobody told me that wildflower 
wildflowers are just glorified weeds. They are just pretty weeds. That is all a wildflower is. Took not a lot of effort on my part. I just threw it out there and where they landed, it grew. I didn't like that harvest. I decided I'm going to have to rip that out. I tried to rip that out. Do you know how hard it is to kill weeds? Yeah, it's probably still growing in that poor lady's yard. We moved out. I don't know. <laughs> Those things are probably still regerminating and regerminating. That's how it is when we just throw our words out. Oh, it's easy. It's easy when you're in an argument with your spouse just to throw words out because it's easy. It produces a quick harvest, the harvest you want. Because you want them to be irritated. You want to hit them below the belt. You want them to feel that pain. So it's easy just to throw it out there. And then they throw the seed back. And pretty soon you have this wildflower weeded mess of a marriage that you have to try to go clean up. It's much easier to speak life on purpose, constructive God words. Take the time to speak the God word. So you can get the God harvest. It's that way in any part of your life. When we're just throwing out words, you're just throwing out seed. And once you plant a seed, man, it's hard to uproot that. You got to make sure that we're sowing things on purpose, choosing to sow the right seed on purpose. And then we'll see the harvest. You know, God did this. We talked about this, how in the beginning, it says in Genesis chapter one, verse number two, that, that the earth was formless and empty, that there was, it was filled with confusion and chaos. It says darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was, was there hovering over the waters. And I love when it comes to Genesis 1 verse number 3, the very next verse. It says when God saw the chaos, he didn't talk about the chaos. He didn't complain about the chaos. He didn't describe the chaos or how the chaos makes him feel. He started declaring and speaking into the chaos what he wanted to see. He started speaking order and structure and life into the chaos. God says in Genesis 1, 3, says, God says, let there be light and there was light. See, the Bible says that God created us as human beings in his image, meaning that just like he spoke words and they created, he gave us that same ability that when we open our mouth and we speak words, we create things. So in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of what's going on in your life, are you just describing it? Are you just spend your time complaining about it, uh, talking to other people about it, describing how it makes you feel? Are you standing up and speaking some order and some life and the God direction and God new things into it? Because if, when you speak, powerful things happen. Change doesn't come by talking about something. It only comes by speaking into that something. In order to see new, you have to say new. You know, the Bible talks about the children of Israel. God had this group of people that he worked through in the Old Testament. And God was trying to get them from a place of bondage and, and stress and overwork and just oppression. He was trying to get them from that place into a new thing into a place of abundance where there would be no scarcity, where there'd be no lack, where his favor would be, his increase would be, his provision would be. So he takes them on this journey. And if you were to read the story in the old Testament, it talks about, he took them out of this place of bondage and they had to walk through a wilderness state, just a place, you know, a, a de deserted place to get to this promised place. But all along the journey, 
you'll find out that these people had a problem with their mouth. Every time they experienced any kind of opposition, their mouth would connect to the opposition instead of God's promise. Their mouth would connect to the the dysfunction or the stressed out place or the enemy's tactic instead of God's purpose and God's plan. And all throughout the the journey, they would complain and, and ask God where he is and why he's forsaken them. They had a mouth problem. Let me just give you a little FYI right here when we're talking about life seeds, life words, and death words. When we complain, all complaining is death seed. Just so you know, complaining does not bring life. Complaining only brings death. Oh, man, it's way too hot today. Death seed. I hate this stupid rain. Death seed. Man, it's so freezing outside. Man, my husband called. Man, my kids. Man, I don't have enough, nothing to wear. Man, this job's annoying me. Every time we open our mouth and complain and connect our mind with a circumstance, it produces death harvest and not life harvest. Now, that's something we can change quickly because all of us know when we're complaining, right? Oh, I hope we do. Sometimes we're blind to our own complaining, but other people around us know that we're complaining, right? And we need to acknowledge when we're sowing death seed like that and stop complaining and start saying what we're thankful for. So God had promised them a new thing. They were on the edge of stepping over into that new thing. They were getting ready to step into that promised place that God had for them. The Bible says that that Moses, the leader, he sent in some some spies into the land, the new place, the new thing that God was going to give them. He sent them in just to to see what it looked like, just to see how it was set up, to see if what, you know, what God was saying, to see if it was all there. It says the spies came back and they, they gave a report. It says 10 of them gave a negative report and two of them gave a God report. 10 of them connected with the, any kind of opposition that was there and two of them connected with the God promise that was there. If you read the story, you found out that the people who had their mouth still connected to the past thing They ended up following and choosing to go with those who had the negative talk. And this is what God says in Numbers chapter 14. God says, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? He says, I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. He says, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. How powerful is that? He says, I'm going to give to you the words of your mouth. I'm going to allow you to have the words of your mouth. He says, in fact, uh, not one of you will enter the land I swore to give you except Caleb and Joshua, the two guys who had their mouth connected to the new thing. He says, I'm going to give you the words of your mouth. You know, God wants to give us the new thing, but he's not going to force you into it. God's not going to force you into stepping into the good life he has for you. It's only by your choice. And you choose by connecting your mouth with his word, with his promise. You connect your mouth with his word, and that's what empowers you to step into that new thing. You know, a lot of times we know that God has a better life for us, a better marriage for us, a better finances for us. But God will allow us. And give us what our mouth says. 
So if we're constantly, although we know God has prosperity for us, yeah, but I have a lot of bills. Yeah, but I can't make ends meet. Yeah, but my job don't pay enough. Well, God allow that doll come to pass if that's how we want to connect our mouth. But I know I'm in a room filled with wise people growing and maturing in the things of God. And we're going to receive everything that God has for us. We're going to step into that new thing. Now, the Bible also tells a story about a man named David. When opposition came at him, he chose to connect his mouth with God instead of the opposition. David, he, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see him walking into this situation where there's this giant, the main enemy of God's people. He was coming at the, the people and the army of God and he was taunting them. And he was telling them all the things he was going to do to them. He was persecuting them. He was taunting them. He was harassing them. He was intimidating them. In fact, the whole army, it says, was cowered down, that they were all cowered down, afraid of this giant. And this giant was looking for somebody to come and fight him. Come fight me if you can. And they're all just afraid of him. Well, David walks into this situation and he's wondering, why are you guys running from this? Why are you guys so afraid of, of this big thing, this opposition spitting out words? Why are you afraid of that? He says, what, who, what will the guy get who actually fights? They're like, man, you're going to get the king's daughter. You're going to get this money. You're going to get you know, a, a prominent place in the kingdom. He says, well, okay, then I'll do it. And first, in Numbers chapter 14, verse number 20, First uh, Samuel, sorry, chapter 17, it says, the Philistine said, the giant said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. He says, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites, they were dismayed and they were terrified, so they were hiding. He says, but David shows up and David says, he's going to fight. In verse number 36, it says, your servant, me, David says, I've killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me. Listen to how he's talking. Listen to what his words are. He says, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. Verse number 45. So David turned to the opposition. And notice what he says. He says, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a jab, javelin. You come at me with a bunch of artillery and stuff. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down. I'll cut off your head. This very day I'll give the, your carcasses and the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. The battle is the Lord's and he'll give all of you into our hands. And then David picks up this rock whirls it in the air, throws it, hits the giant in the head. Goliath goes down. David runs over, takes Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. But that day, that little pebble and that stone didn't kill that giant. It was the words that came out of his mouth that killed that giant. He connected his word to God's word and that giant fell. Listen, I don't know what your opposition is today. I don't know what's taunting you. It could be a doctor's report taunting you. 
It could be, you know, relationship struggles that's taunting you. It could be addictions that are taunting you. It's not a matter of picking up your stone and your self-help book. All of those are great. It's not just about going to marriage counseling that's going to fix your issue. It's not just reading another book on how to parent teenagers or or parent a two-year-old effectively. It's just not about going to an AA meeting or an NA meeting to find some willpower on the inside of you to overcome some addiction or some, some opposition that seems so much bigger than you. It's you standing up by the authority of the word of God, opening your mouth and speaking to that giant who God is in you and what God has already done for you. And you'll watch that enemy fall. It's a matter of opening up your mouth and speaking into the situation. We all experience giants in our life. We're either going to run from them, hide from them. We're going to stand by the authority of Jesus Christ, speak life back into those things and see those things fall in Jesus name. Instead of David talking about the issue and about the giant, David started speaking to it and he got the words of his mouth and you can too. We can too. It doesn't matter what area it is that we're facing. We can speak in life into it and see God's hand accomplish it. You know, the Bible talks about this man named Zechariah. He was a, a, a priest of God. He served in the house of God. He was a man of God. The Bible talks about how Zechariah and his wife uh, wanted a child so bad, but they were never able to have one. And so in this length of time, he, they started growing old, and, and really the dream and the, really the desire was still there, but the dream or, or even thinking that it could ever come to pass, that hope pretty much had, had, had died. The Bible says that Zechariah was standing in the place of worship one day and an angel showed up to him. And he said, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer and seen the desire of your heart and God wants to do a new thing. He wants to birth a new thing in your life. He says, in fact, God's going to give you that new thing and you're going to name that new thing John. Zechariah says, what? How can this be? I can't, I, I don't even think, I can't even believe that. Do you know how old I am and how old my wife is? We are way beyond this whole new thing age. We can't experience any new thing in our life. It's way beyond, it's hopeless now. It says here in, uh, first, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse number 18, says Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news, this new thing that's going to happen. I've been sent to tell you about it. He says, but now you're going to be silent. I'm going to shut your mouth. You're not going to be able to speak until the day this happens because you didn't believe my words and, and my words. I don't want you to mess this up. God came to Zechariah promising him a new thing. And Zechariah's like, I don't know. I don't know. We're just way too old for that. And this angel says, listen, this has to come to pass. So I'm going to have to shut your mouth so we can make sure it's going to come to pass. Listen, sometimes in our life, if we can't get on board talking about the new thing, we would be better off just not saying anything. Better no harvest than a harvest you have to uproot. 
Until you can get on board with the new thing, it's better not to say anything. Let God do his thing. Until you can get on board with his new thing and start speaking the new thing so you can start seeing the new thing. You know, in that same chapter, the Bible talks about a girl named Mary. How an angel, the same angel, showed up to her. Gave her almost the same kind of news. Said, hey Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor in the sight of the Lord. I'm getting ready to birth a new thing through you. Mary's like, hold on a second. I'm pretty young and I don't, I, I haven't even... I haven't had sex with nobody, and I know how that works. And he sa- she says, oh, how, how is this going to be? And the angel says in Luke chapter 1, verse number 35, he says, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Child developing inside of you will be called the Son of God. And I like Mary's answer here. She connected her words with God's promise. She didn't connect her words with why it couldn't happen. She connected her words with what God said would happen. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you said happen to me. Another translation I like, it says, be it unto me or let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. No matter what we're facing today. God's saying, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. In fact, now it's showing up in your life. Instead of us connecting our lips to the past, yeah, but I know my financial situation. Yeah, I know what my life looks like. Yeah, I know what my family's like. Let's connect our words to what God said and just simply say, God, be it unto me according to your word. Your body might be screaming. Yeah, but it's in pain. Mm, Be it unto me, God, according to your word. Not according to how I feel, but according to your word. Yeah, but your marriage will never make it. God, be it to me according to your word. Let your word be accomplished to me. I connect my mouth, God, to your word. When it comes to my kids, I connect my mouth, God, to your word. Let every seed that we sow, every word that we say, produce the harvest of the word of God and the new thing. God wants to grow something great in us. When you're tempted to say you can't, say you can not in your own strength I'm not saying I am I can I can because of me I'm saying I can do all things through Christ who empowers me and strengthens me I can because the word of God says I can grab God's promise start saying the new thing that you want to see not what you have seen or you do see but what you want to see You know, in your marriage, instead of speaking faults to each other, yeah, but you're this, yeah, but you're that, yeah, but you do this, yeah, but you do that. Okay, that's awesome. Grow that kind of life if you want. But if you want your life to be different, you got to grab what the Word of God says about your spouse. You may have to come back, sit down as a couple and say, okay, this is how we're going to talk. I'm going to talk kind to you and you're going to talk kind to me. I'm going to say nice things to you, and you're going to nice say nice things to me. And we're going to raise our children to love God, to serve God, and to honor God. And they're going to see Jesus in the way I talk to you, and in the way you talk to me. In our bodies. Instead of waking up every day with that same old backache and headache, and, you know, start talking about it as soon as you wake up. 
Why not wake up and say, this is the day strength comes to my body. This is the day I walk healthy and strong. It doesn't matter if you're still hobbling around all day. If pain's still in your body all day. You're not wanting to sow pain seed. You're wanting to sow life seed. So you're saying, I declare my body's healthy and strong. My joints function freely. My immune system fights off every virus. You might be sneezing your guts out. You might be puking your guts out, but every time you puke, you just declare, my body holds stuff down. I can eat and my stomach does not get upset. Sow what you want. Let what your words come out of your mouth. You know, I know many people, a lot of times you think, uh, even in your life with certain uh, addictions, you know, I have people in this room, you're probably wanting to break addictions and you think, man, it's just so big. I tried in my own willpower. It's because it's not a willpower thing. You can actually set your mouth in opposition to that addiction and you watch that addiction, just like that Goliath fell, will fall also. You want to quit smoking. Every time you take out that cigarette and light it up, you say, God, I thank you. I'm cigarette free. I don't have an addiction to nicotine. As you puff away, your body might be going, what? You're smoking a cigarette, idiot. Of course you're addicted. You say, no. Every puff I take, man, kind of makes my stomach feel nauseous. It just doesn't taste good anymore. These things taste horrible. Horrible. And you watch. The more that you start saying what you want, someday you'll take that out and you'll go, this is awful. This is just awful. And you'll have no desire for that anymore. Use your words to direct your life. Don't let the, the giants defeat you. Not when you are the child of the almighty God almighty God is on your side and God has given us and empowered us to step into new things let's all bow our heads and close our eyes at all of our campuses God I thank you today that your word is truth and it's growing in us God I believe today that we start maturing and growing in these things God I believe that you set a guard over our mouth that God that you capture our attention before we sow the seed and God if we happen to sow the wrong seed that we're quick to uproot it God, by sowing the right seed, I believe, God, in this room, at all of our campuses, God, that marriages are being restored because of the words of our mouth, connected to your word. God, I believe that bodies are receiving restoration and complete wholeness because of the words of our mouth connected to your word. God, I believe that financial situations are turning around because of the words of our mouth are connected to your word. God, I do believe that addictions are broken because the words of our mouth are no longer connected to guilt, condemnation, and shame because of that addiction. But our words are connected to the power and the authority of the word of God. God, we declare Jesus into every situation. God, we declare your redemptive work on the cross into every situation that health, healing, soundness, peace, provision, prosperity. God, soulish realm, our minds, God, our, the function of our mind, our ability to think. God, clearly, our memory's being restored. God, I believe that every bit of discouragement is broken, depression broken, fear broken by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. God, that every giant that stands in our way taunting, God, we declare by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, we declare that enemy to shut up in Jesus' name. 
God, we take the word of God and take the head off that enemy in Jesus' name. God, we declare that you're faithful and you're good and you're doing a mighty good thing and we're stepping into it. God, we make a decision today. It's us. We're stepping into that good land because we're connecting our mouth with your new thing. In Jesus' name. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed at all of our campuses, if you've never received Jesus, made him the Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do so today. God loves you so much. The Bible says that he loves you, that he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life and die for you, to pay the penalty of your sin and my sin. All we have to do is trade our life, our imperfect life for his perfect life. It's great on our end. And it gives us relationship again with the Father. Life with God is so much better than life without God. You weren't destined, you weren't created to live this life apart from God. You were created to live this, part, this life with God, impacting and leading your life. Maybe you've served Jesus at one time. You've fallen away, walked away, turned your back on him. God's not mad at you. His arms are open to you today. I just want to give you that opportunity to pray this prayer. It's just not about praying a prayer and saying words. It's about your heart being engaged with what you're saying. And I believe in, the, in this room, we all can resurrender our life to God this morning. Let's all pray together in unison with those who maybe this is their first time receiving Christ or have walked away from him. Let's pray together. Let's say, Father God, let's all pray together at all of our campuses. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. I receive him today to be the Lord of my life. Help me to live this life totally devoted to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.